Blog Talk Radio. It's the Gridiron Stud Show and the promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Where's my toast? It is Friday, 10 a.m. on the East Coast. It is October 16th, and it is the Football Friday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. We're so happy to have you here listening to us. Damn, I mean, what else are you going to be doing on a Friday morning other than listening to the number one, the number one sports talk radio show on Block Talk Radio? Yeah, I'm talking like that this morning. Emil, you are so damn happy. And look, it's people like you that just make other people want to punch people in the face. Um, UCLA fans are feeling like complete and total crap. Their team got raped on the field last night. 56 points put up. Uh, white boy running back goes completely crazy. <laughs> I'm, Nuts. Why am I laughing? <laughs> goes nuts. <laughs> Wait, what's the numbers again? I'm an idiot. 25 to 240. They made Christian McCaffrey Adrian Peterson last night. Damn near 10 yards a carry for the rambling tailback from Stanford. Listen, one of my favorite cousins played football at UCLA, and his mom's a diehard. I love her dearly. Uh, She couldn't be happy watching that. And uh, UCLA, you know what Stanford is? Stanford is the anti-UCLA. They are tough. They're physical UCLA's out there in powder blue jerseys, and it's just not, just doesn't breed any kind of toughness. So when they line up in an eye formation and say, this is the play we're running, do something about it, and the guy goes for 70 yards, it says a little something about there. I'm telling you, that loss right there is going to really affect UCLA going forward. Oh, yeah. You know, if I'm UCLA, first of all, let's talk about that. Why not switch the jerseys to navy blue? You can only look so tough wearing that powder sky blue. I mean, seriously. Um, this, I mean, this, this, you might have a point there, Emil, but, okay. you can, but let, let, let's let. start for, let's start personally how this affects me. I, I was having a tough week. I mean, just brutal. Okay. Last night, my Dodgers go down to the Mets in the fifth game, a three, two game, you know, might break my heart, you know, emotional investment of a whole baseball season. You know what it's like. You're a diehard Yankee fan. You get it. You know, mm-hmm. you spend all those months, you know, and then at the end, so close, but yet so far away. The worst two weeks of my life in USC football. I mean, I got a drunk coach running around coaching my team to losses on Thursday night football against Washington. But there they come, riding in from the distance to save my sports week, the UCLA Bruins. Because just when things get real low at USC, UCLA goes I mean, a little hey, lower. Was, was it really that much of a pickup for you, man? I mean, was that a pick-me-up like that? Is, is that oh, yeah. You know, I'm sitting there last night. I mean, that was like, you know, sorry for the analogy, but you know what? I say what I think. That was like a prison gang rape, okay? I mean, it it was. I mean, good grief. I was not expecting 56 points 
to be put up on this team for crying out loud. I mean, that's ridiculous. But not the 56. 56 happens in college occasionally. It's how they put them up. Kevin Hogan threw 15 passes last night. He brought back memories of Bob Greasy, like with the Dolphins, for you people down there in like 1973, when Greasy would go like 10 of 15, a couple passes to Warfield, and spend the rest of the afternoon handing it to Jim Kick and Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris. Like, <laughs> it was just like, hey, you know what? Oh, we man. don't even need to throw the ball. The hell with throwing the ball. We don't need to throw uh, let the me ball. Admit, let, me, let me admit this to you. It was an early night for me last night. So uh, I did check in early, watched a little bit of the game. I didn't see it when it got ugly like that. I wake up this morning, 56 to, what was it, 35, and I'm saying, oh, my God, what the hell is going on? So I see the team stats, um, and I see an ungodly amount of rushing yards put up, and I'm wondering, did Jamel Holloway and Billy Sims show up for yeah. Stanford? Just what in the hell went on, Emil. And, you know, we always have to turn this into life a little bit on our show because we like to touch these things. You, you hit on something that's kind of funny when you, the way you said it, and I'm not criticizing you. It's actually the way I think, too. Let's face it. We all walk around, even if we love everybody, which, you know, you and I are, you know, we like anybody as nice to us. I, I just know how we are. But we have stereotypes. Your exact thing was white boy goes off <laughs> UCLA. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I'm uh, I mean, good lord! Right, but, let's face uh, it. When you watch football, how do you watch it? Be honest now. Still, even though there's many more black quarterbacks, you got positions. The quarterbacks mm-hmm. white. The running backs and receivers are black. The linemen, you know, you think of big, slobbering white guys with beards, right? Most of the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't that how you go through a football game? Sure. Okay. So when you see it. Christian McCaffrey, you're thinking of his father, Ed catching passes, like, for six yards, moving the chains. You're not thinking of him going for 9.7 yards a carry? No, not at all, but he did that, and so um, it's a bad look for UCLA. I think, by the way, all kidding aside, I think more eventually this year, if the opportunity Uh presents itself, which it usually does in the NFL, I think he's bouncing out of there. I don't know. He might really like it there. I mean, despite what happened last night, that just no, might I don't be agree that night. this was a good place for him. I think here's my take on more. For some reason, I watch I watch Nick Saban. Everybody says he's a hard ass. He is, but he really knows how to handle college kids. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, you watch him with the press and stuff. He's actually kind of witty. Moore strikes me as a guy who just sucks the life out of a room at that at that kind of football level. Well, who knows? Uh, there's there is plenty of talk though out west that something ain't right at UCLA. I mean, it wasn't right last night, that's for sure. But uh, there's talk that there's crap going on behind the scenes there. What do you who mean? You mean knows? with players and stuff like that? You mean just yeah, play- yeah. And you know, we had you had, had the strange goings ons um, prior to the season, players leaving and strange. Well, they've had you know. All kidding aside, they've had uh, you know. We're always focusing on this police blotter, and uh, you know that's going on in sports these days. UCLA's had a lot of trouble just with with stuff going on with the law, kids getting in trouble, kids leaving the team, as you're saying. I mean, they had the the cornerback mm-hmm. who robbed the Uber driver. I mean, and then all of a sudden the other kid gets hurt that plays the position, and and you know suddenly the kid who did the robbery or whatever, alleged robbery is back on the team because I guess they needed a mm-hmm. corner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, uh, you wonder what's going on out there. And like I said to you on the show the last couple of years, Moore has been running around out there with his We Own Los Angeles stuff. And like, you know what? 
honestly, you should be owning Los Angeles the last three years. I mean, mm-hmm. no doubt about it, you should be owning them. You were playing a team on probation. Now, he's, he hasn't won anything. Everybody keeps talking about Jim Moore out there like, oh, because he beat UFC hey, look, 3. Let me, stop, let, me, let me stop you as you continue to try and drill a hole but I'm being honest. Let me no time. You are being honest, overly so. Let me let me let me let's do this to you, okay, Mr. Amo Calamino. I love that UCLA got paddle whacked on television last night. You're the head coach, you're in charge of the UCLA program. Mm-hmm. How do you rip it from the how do you rip Los Angeles and Southern California from the hands of USC? How do you do what Texas A and M did to Texas? If you're the coach at UCLA, well, there's two things. Give me One, your talking course, point. Put of your course, you've got to beat them. Me. There's no doubt you got to beat them, but you've also got to win something in the process. I mean, just saying that no, you beat specifically you. though. What do you do? Do you change the offense? Do you change your identity? Do you? What do you do? Just jump in there. Well, you, well, well, wait. We're talking two two issues. You're saying how do I become Texas A&M to Texas? One, mm. the offense is not the problem at UCLA. The the problem at UCLA is no matter how tough they want to pretend they are on occasion. And people keep saying, you know, I keep hearing, they're, they're, boy, man, they're a tough team. These, these guys on TV doing UCLA games are telling me, boy, since Moore is here, they're physical. They're not physical. Mm-hmm. Last two years, Stanford beat the, beat the snot out of them. You've got to become physical. No different than what I've said about my own team, criticizing them, saying if, US, if USC wants to get back to being USC, they've got to be the team that's produced all these all-American linemen and beat the crap out of people. You can't be running these silly offenses where, where, where you want to play flag football. That's not USC. Well, that's what I say to UCLA. If you want to rip that mm. city from USC, you've got to become that. Until you become mm. that, you do what you did last night, you're, you're not taking that city from anybody because when it comes to history, USC has more than you, and you've won nothing. So you beat them three yeah. years in a row. What have you won? You haven't even won your, you know, you haven't won the one year they played in the title game. It was the year that USC was unallowed to play in, in 2011 because they won the South. But they said, "Oh, you're on, uh, you know, probation, so you can't even play in the Pac-12 title game." So a five and four UCLA team went and got beat. That's your grand plan, huh, Trump? Well, well when the, All right. listen. No, what I'm trying well, listen, to say yeah, is, there's no doubt you got to get physical. Can you do you it in powder blue physical. jerseys? I have no idea. No, yeah, I know I'm, I'm kidding around. Should about we play that. Olivia Newton-John right now? Should I pop that on for you? You, <laughs> you have you disagree with that part of it? You can't be seen as as the. I know team I don't I don't disagree. You do have to get physical. You know right. Uh, so by the way, Olivia Newton-John in that video is in leotard saying, "Let's get physical." I don't think that would work for UCLA. Just by the way, but well, and their powder blue jersey is pretty close to a leotard. Yeah, all right, this is not the UCLA show. Let's talk about no. some other things. Talking about a bad look, Sammy Watkins, Buffalo Bills, Clemson Tiger, you know who he is, uh, came out yesterday and said the Bills are making him look bad. He needs the ball more often. He needs his 10 targets a game. Uh, you start using words like target, it just sounds like a fantasy football player. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, what, do you, what do you think of that? Just this is wide receiver stuff. We should be numb to this at this point. Or uh, well, is I mean, Sammy Watkins most, a jackass? What do we, what are, most, he's a jackass, but aren't most wide receivers jackasses at heart? Uh, they want listen, the ball. That's what they do. 
let's dig into the let's dig into the mind of a wide receiver. All right, um, you can be out there. You know you're talented. You catch all these balls. You do all the little drills. You spend a little extra time. You catch the balls off the jug machines. You got the four cones out there, and you're doing. You're sweating to high hell, and you're doing everything you got to do. And you go into a game, man, and you run. Uh, let's say you got 60 plays in a game, 30 of them are passes, and you run 30 routes in a game. You you beat a guy at least 15 times, and you got the ball thrown to you twice. It's a tough life to live. And the other 30 times you're trying to stock block some cornerback, and you're trying to be a team guy. It, it's it's a rough life if that happens two three games in a row. Let's just let's just put ourselves into the mind of a wide receiver right there. You think you're the baddest thing on the earth, and look physically, Sammy Watkins is all that, big fast, all that, and he's probably going into games and beating guys, and probably thinks he should have the ball. They probably should get the football, and that gets to be frustrating. So what do you do about it? Uh, you can go into the coach. Talk to the coach, talk to the quarterback, and then you have another game where you don't get the ball. What do you do at that point? Do you not so what, put your, your solution in you your, your sit at your locker and talk to talk to some guy like me with a tape recorder so so I can write All a story? All it takes, Emil, is a guy to come up to you and put that mic in your face at the right time. It's 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 like the wife nagging you at just that right moment. Um where you're oh, just my wife never it. nags me. She's perfect, Chad. Well, just in case she was that tells me that tells me Denise is listening to the show today. Hi, Denise. <laughs> no, she's not. Just wanted to throw that out there. She's, she, she's probably listening, and you perfect. fear the backhand. But um, um, you're yeah, right. All but no, I hear. Listen, like, I hear you. But but I guess what I'm trying to say with 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 Watkins and all these receivers is the guys I appreciate are the guys that understand the game and that not every play is necessarily designed to go to you and that and they understand that hey I'm going to be running guys off on certain plays to clear it for somebody else but when the ball's thrown to them at a key situation point in the game they may have one catch for 8 yards at that point but they go up and get it and they make the play that to me the guys that are complete receivers they get that they'll block they'll do what they have to do cuz they know their time is going to come they're going to have the game where they go off and they get their 12 catches for 150 yards so Shut up and help the team win. You're three and two. You're having a, a decent season so far. I mean, you have a, a winnable game at home. I think against the Bengals, even though the Bengals are five and zero. Oh. So let's go out and win a game here. I don't know. Um, uh, should he wait till they start losing to say this? I'm going to well, be. The, I'm I mean, going to be the wide receiver advocate today. That's I know. I, mean. I hear you. But if if he's if he's really about the team. Then, it, then that's a conversation that you know you ask the quarterback and coach to sit down, just like you would a business meeting, and say, guys, listen, you know, let's watch some film together. Here's where you could have went to me. Show the guy, and you know, like, so he can see, and maybe he'll say, hey, you know what? I can't believe I didn't look at you on that route. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what does going to the media do for you? All it does is create usually a situation that needs to be addressed. It's a distraction for the team. Yeah, there it is. It draws a situation that needs to be addressed. So now what do the Bills do? Now do they throw him the ball ten times on on Sunday? Or in spite, you don't throw the ball to him. You give well, him two targets. I don't think, what, what gonna, I don't think they're going to spite Sammy Watkins because he's one of their best players. What I will say is this, and I'm like you, so far so good. I like Tyrod Taylor, but it's still Tyrod Taylor. I mean, they, the, it's not like he's got Brady back there. 
<laughs> who can just kind of well, get Tyrod the ball. Tyrod might not even play right. uh, on Sunday. So if Tyrod doesn't play, I don't know if anyone's going to get 10 targets. With, you know, right, and even, even though Tyrod's having a great year so far, I mean, his rating's over 100. He's done some really nice things. He's getting the ball down the field. But he's still not Brady or Rodgers yet. I mean, he's finding his way in the league. Um, he's not a guy that can just say, oh, you know, I got to get – you know, like Tom Brady, if he sat there and said, I want to get uh, Sammy 10 touches because Sammy needs his confidence and he needs to be happy, Tom Brady will find a way to get him the the ball 10 times. This is not yeah, Tom Brady yeah. yet. Yeah, oh, it's not Tom Brady, and only uh, one team has Tom Brady. So if we're going to be doing that, just be prepared to be completely and totally annoyed every week. You, just, you might as well get ready to start going to the Okay, well, let me say every this. Damn I, week. I, I, think, I think if Des Bryant wanted the ball ten times, I'm not saying only Tom Brady. I think Romo's been in the league long enough that he could kind of say, uh, I'll somehow find a way to throw it in his direction eight or ten times just so he's happy. I just don't hey, quick think question that, out of left field. Which 12 do you want? You, you got a game tomorrow. You got to win it. Which 12 do you want, Brady or Rodgers? Quick, 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 quick. Which one are you going with? I want Brady. Brady. All right. Want it there more. it is. I mean, I mean, you're asking me a question that I have a number for. The guy's been to six Super Bowls. He's won it more. Um, is it the team or is it the guy? What Oh, I'm a big believer. I think the Patriots, you know, everybody, I think they're a very well-run organization. There's no doubt about it. But let's be honest, and, and John Wooden said this once, great coaches typically have great players too. And Bill Belichick became a genius when he somehow found Tom Brady. True, because we did see him at Cleveland. We are, we are old enough to right. uh, have known Bill Belichick. You know, some... Some of these uh, New Jacks out here don't know about him coaching the Cleveland Browns and being miserable like every other coach that has coached the Cleveland Browns. Oh, they just listen. don't even know that that part of his career existed. He's a great coach. So you, you can't deny that the guy, especially defensively over the years, he's come up with some phenomenal game plans in big games. But if you're saying just pure coaching, I mean, for, for me at this point, and yes, we can make some fun of he should have handed the ball off, Pete Carroll is every bit as good as Bill Belichick because he's done it in a couple places, and he's done it really. Russell Wilson, while he may be a franchise quarterback by definition, he he isn't Tom Brady. No, he is he is not Tom Brady. And listen, he's young in the league, so we don't sure he might dive be someday. All, all right, yeah, Amo, we got to talk about this. Um, it's 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 a it's an issue. It's out there. It's a topic, and it's gonna get it's gonna get a it's gonna be a bigger one. They are. Uh, one of the sponsors of our show, um, and it's it's FanDuel, and not just FanDuel, DraftKings. Those are the two leaders in this genre, and that genre is daily fantasy sports. If you you can't you can't be what you can't be a sports fan and not have heard a commercial. They've been everywhere. They have saturated the market. They've saturated uh, all digital media with their ads. So there's no way you couldn't not you could not know about daily fantasy sports. And as a result, it has netted uh, both of these companies a tremendous amount of income, money, growth, all that, and it has also netted them a whole bunch of attention, the kind of attention that you don't want, and that is from the government. Uh, The biggest problem, though, was when the employees decided they wanted to go and, you know, go enter contests for the other companies and win money and then talk about it. And now that's caused a real Well, they do a ton problem. of advertising. I mean, I was watching all these baseball playoffs with my Dodgers, and the two things I realized is there's a lot of guys sitting around pitching a tent playing fantasy football because all I saw 
was Viagra commercials and FanDuel commercials. Yeah, so pretty much if you're if you're if you're from another country and you just got here, what we have here are a bunch of uh, limp dick males that only know how to pick football players for a Saturday yes, or Sunday that's game. Pretty that's pretty much what, what I would what, think if I walked in here. That's, a, that's pretty much it. We got a bunch of guys with limp dicks that that gamble a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You can get your you can get your roster up for Saturday and Sunday, but you can't get anything else up. Yeah. That's basically if you're watching um, TV. That's no, but I, it goes. Chad, you know I've said this. If I haven't said it to you, I, I apologize. I know I've said it to my wife watching this as it as it progressed as I saw the advertising for these amp up over the last couple of years, I think these guys who are all in their thirties, I believe it started these two companies or at least one of them. I know they're a bunch of guys in the early to mid thirties. They played this wrong as a business owner because they wanted, you know, the old saying pigs get fat, hogs get mm-hmm. slaughtered. If you mm-hmm. just roll along, you, you own a company like that. You're making a ton of money. You don't need to be the biggest thing since sliced bread. You're, you're doing quite well for yourself, but they drew so much attention to themselves. They, they got so much money. They did so much advertising. They were inside stadiums on TV. They just drew the attention of the government. No different than online poker. That started off yeah. years ago. It was a game of skill. And anybody who's played Texas Hold'em, I like to play. Not as much as I used to because you know it's just it's tough to get a game with guys in person and you go to Vegas or whatever. But that said, I like Texas Hold'em. It's a game of skill. It's not just, you know, you're not drawing cards. You really need to know what you're doing. That said, once they they tried to take that avenue and put it online in the United States and they started being on TV all the time with poker after dark and all this crap, they drew, drew the attention of the government. Government came in, shut them down. Bodog and all those companies, online sports betting. Right. Same deal. Drew the attention. And you and I knew this was coming. I think we've talked about it off air. I mean, it was only a matter of time with these companies before the government said, hey, wow, these guys are making a lot of money. Yeah. Um, do you think this would have happened anyway without what happened with the employees going over to the other companies and winning the money and that becoming publicized? Maybe not Probably, as quickly. Right? Maybe not as quickly. But here, here's what I see, and, and this is the cynic in me, but I, I think it's also a realistic point of view. A lot of people will say, why doesn't the government just let these guys grow and you know take the income tax like they would pay and treat it as a business? Mm-hmm. Politicians will always try to pitch this as a morality issue. Oh, we don't want uh, Chad or Amo losing their house playing fantasy football. That's sure, nice. they, because they care about that. They care about that. Right, right. Here's what this is about. It's twofold. One, there's a huge lobby from places like Nevada and New Jersey to protect their own gambling, no, the legal stuff, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. It's a huge lobby. A lot of money is spent that, that you know lobbying these guys that, listen, we are the only ones that should get these exemptions along with the Indian casinos and whatnot. So th- that is, is, is one facet. The second one is this. Mm-hmm. Most of these governments are the biggest bookies, and that's your state governments. Mm-hmm. There's only so yeah. many dollars to go around, right? If, if, if right. you're making money and I'm getting 20% of it, is it better if I get 20% or if I get 100 Because I get 100 if you walk into the convenience store and buy lottery tickets with your 60 bucks today instead of losing it on FanDuel. Yeah, uh, and this that whole thing right there is what makes this – that's what sucks. You just feel like you're getting completely pimp-slapped uh, by the government, which 
No one should be surprised by that, but that's what's going on. And how about Nevada coming out yesterday and just really quickly coming to this decision, a shocker here, that uh, they've decided that daily fantasy sports is considered gambling and that anyone doing it in the state of Nevada would need to cease and desist immediately. And if you're going to do it, you're going to need to be licensed. And good luck trying to get that license through that board out there. Uh, not going to happen. That's convenient, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that something? So I know places like FanDuel and DraftKings used to set up some kind of tournaments that they would have and uh, would culminate with an event in Nevada, which uh, which which was great by those companies. But that's that's done. That's done for. And uh, you know lawsuits are coming out now, and it just the future of this thing looks kind of bleak. So uh, I don't well, know exactly where all this stuff you, is going to end up. And I'm sure you get you've heard this in your life. You're old enough. People always say, I don't like to talk about politics. Well, you might not want to talk about it, but everything in your life is affected in some way, shape, or form by politics. You could just be some guy bopping around. Sunday you were looking forward to playing your your little $10 fantasy game with a chance to win a million bucks. And the politics of it is that somebody wants to shut it down. That's why the other day you put up something and went on a rant. Basically, I'm sick of both sides because they all just, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, they pander to their bases at the end, they all have the same objective, which is to seize power for themselves, and they do it th- through how they pander to their bases. And someday, as you age even more, you'll get like me, where you're basically your view of the world is libertarian. I don't give a crap mm. what you do as long as you're not hurting someone else or breaking the law. You know, breaking a, a law that's hurting someone. In other words, if this is a law, to me, it's ridiculous. Why can't mm. people gamble if they want to? Like in other words, if you want to lose your your money, it's not my job to stop you. True. Uh, I find it strange. Well, let me not say that because you got it in Nevada and Las Vegas. But we're going to be to the point where you can smoke weed, but you can't can't do daily fantasy sports or. Yeah, that's kind you know, of strange uh, to me. Uh, you could smoke all the weed. And again, there's another thing. You know, if you want to, uh, we'll air our soul here. You know how I feel about that. I I hmm. never use drugs seriously, and I'm not saying that because I have any. You know, because I'm on a high horse, I do a lot of things I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't do. That's not one mm-hmm. of them. Um, but mm-hmm. I have no problem. You want to smoke weed? You want to walk around stoned? I don't think it's a good way to to live your life. But hey, mm-hmm. you want to do it? Go ahead. Just don't drive, because if you drive, then I'm going to throw you in jail. Yeah, well, you can you you can walk around stoned and play the lotto. So that hasn't been taken away from you. So so there you have it. We need to talk college football, daily fantasy sports. They'll have their day in court, and we'll see where that goes. We do need to talk some college football, some great games coming up this weekend. And uh, we need to give out some picks because that's what we do here on the Gridiron Stud Show. So stay tuned. We're going to jump into a break. When we get back, it's college football time here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be back right after this. And I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. And she'll always get the best of me, the worst is yet to come. But at least we'll both be beautiful and stay forever young. This I know, this I know. She told me don't worry. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. 
Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridEyeStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises, along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. here on the Gridiron Stud Show. College football time here for you folks that have tuned in. For my man, Red Hot Amel. We need like a... Oh, don't put that pressure on me, please. Oh, look. Life is pressure, my friend. And uh, when you go 3-0, and you can expect the pressure to come your way. Everyone's coming after you now. Everyone, every week is going to be everyone's Super Bowl. Let me just throw out as many coaching cliches as I can. Nevertheless, uh, you went a fat, fat, fat 3-0 and last week. I did. And uh, I chucked up a 1-2. and So um, right now you're, you're the pressure guy. So we need to come up with either a pimp name or some kind of handicapper name for you. Give me a little time to work on that. You better go 3-0 and again or I'm going to just cancel the whole damn uh, handicapper name. So uh, oh, we need to come up with handicapper name. What is my handicapper name again, by the way? I don't. Oh, it was a. Uh, you were Larry Hoover. I was Big Meat, okay. and you're Larry Hoover. Okay. There Mitch. we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I like that. All right, let's talk some college football because that's on tap here for us tomorrow. We had a little bit last night. Two matchups: Auburn and Kentucky. Did you watch Auburn and Kentucky? I, I, I was. I'll be honest. I, I was flipping back and forth. I, the UCLA game. I saw more of uh, the, the the baseball was really. You know, oh, no, was, you were watching your Dodgers get ushered out of the uh, 2015 postseason. Correct. Is that what you were doing? That's what I was yeah, doing. Well, yeah. well, what can I do? What am I, what, you know, I don't have to watch I don't know what to tell you. I'll send, send you, send you a, a card. Um, sorry to see him go. You know, I'm a, I'm a half, I'm a small percentage uh, Dodger fan, and that's simply because I spent a lot of summers out in Los Angeles, and um, so the Dodger game was on. You know, I had a I don't even know how I would classify this this guy. Uh my grandmother uh had a gentleman that uh lived with us. They weren't married. I don't even know. It's kind of fuzzy Significant other. around that. Significant other. How about that? Yeah. And uh this guy knew 
he knew three things. He knew his booze, he knew his cigarettes, and he knew Dodger baseball. And every Dodger every Dodger game was on that TV and if you touched it something bad was gonna happen to you. So I heard Vin Scully the whole damn summer and I had no choice but to uh draw some kind of bond with Dodger baseball. So You um, and you and you and Vin, huh? Me me and Vin and uh listen, that guy's a legend. Uh called the game better than anyone has ever done it in this in this sport. But yeah. So a small percentage um, of me is a Dodger fan, so uh, sorry to see them go, but it is what it is. And uh, yeah, so, all right, there was a game last night, Auburn year. and Kentucky. I got like a little I, bit. That of was a good game. I mean, from what I see, it was it was a tight one. Yes, uh, you know, as you know, the quarterback from from our school, the university school, Sean White, was the guy. Uh, he had to wait, I think, up till game time to find that out, as uh, Gus Malzahn was not sure if he was going to go with Sean White or or Jeremy Johnson and. Sean got the call. Good to see him get the win. Uh, man, he's been he's been throwing that ball well. I don't think he has a touchdown pass yet, though, in three games, which is strange. It's re- really, really odd. Um, but another good night from 17 of 27. I think he threw for 250-something yards. Auburn gets the win. Uh, Kentucky had every chance in the world to win that game, though. Um, going down towards the end, uh, they had a chance to get down there and, and, and win the ball game. So, I don't know what to make of Auburn. I know going into the season, people were putting him in the SEC championship game. They were putting them in the college football playoff. Clearly, that's not going to happen. How would you assess Auburn and what's going on there? Hmm. It's hard to say. I'm not a big fan. You know, I'm like you. So, you know, people who listen to the show get sick of some of this. But I'm just not a big fan of that style of offense where you're just throwing the ball over the place. Um, probably they were overrated. You thought they were coming into the year so. Mm-hmm. Maybe the expectations yeah. were a lot higher than they should have been. Um, the quarterback yeah, before someone re- calls into the show, or I hear it on Twitter, no, they they're they're not a throw the ball around offense. They are heavy run, but they run a lot of plays, and that means the defense yeah. is out on the field. Yeah, I mean that's quite kind of what I, I'm misspeaking. Yes, I mean when I say throw the ball around, I shouldn't say the the hurry up style. I'm not a big fan of that. Mm-hmm. How's that? Is that better? Did I say that better? More appropriately? Yeah, because you know there'll be some. There'll be some nitpickers out there, and uh, some ghost of Vince Lombardi that knows everything about football fan is going to, you know, reach to me on Twitter or say something silly. So I just wanted to tidy that up a little bit. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I, I get it. I get it, and it looks like they're just—it's going to take a little bit longer there at Auburn to get this thing where where it wants to go. All right, let's touch on uh, some of the bigger matchups here. We're not going to get into all of these. But uh, just some of the interesting ones that are coming up. Northwestern, uh, they they were the 13th-ranked team in the country last week. They went and took on number 18, Michigan. It was supposed to be a showdown. Northwestern moving up, uh, upping their profile. It was going to be this coming out for them. And they had so much momentum, and they got punched right in the face by Michigan. And uh, 31-0. Now they're coming back at home against Iowa, who's sneaky good. Um, I don't know if you they have are. a pick on this one. Iowa's undefeated. Iowa's 6-0, and and people don't realize that, uh, but they are. They're an undefeated football team. And can Northwestern get the swelling down on their eye after getting it punched by Michigan last week fast enough to not get beat by Iowa? Uh, that's going to be the interesting thing here. And what um, Iowa's doing good is playing some damn defense. They've held five of the last six opponents, five of the six opponents, under 100 yards rushing. So going to be you got a pick on this, huh? I do not have a pick on this. Oh, okay, because if I, I was making not. a pick on this game, I would really be on Northwestern. Would you? 
I love okay, you well feel coached. like they're going to snap back. Yeah, I love well coached teams that seem to be pretty good team, a pretty good team overall. Northwestern, they have good resume. They played some defense until last week, and that was just I think the offense put them in some pickles. That was a bad um, matchup for Northwestern last week. I mean, they, they don't have a very dynamic offense, and obviously Michigan plays some hellacious defense. So I felt like that was just a bad matchup. I like them coming home embarrassed, tail between the legs, because I think this is a game where, you know, Iowa's a team that, if you look, they've been playing a lot of close games. So I think Northwestern snaps back here. What about the disappointment factor? I mean, I would be all over that if historically Northwestern was a team that was all, always up in it. They were in the middle of things, and it just their history has been, you know, we're a top ten team. We go to Rose Bowls. We 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 win the uh, Big Ten uh, one out of every three years. But you're not that team. You were trying to make that climb, and you got knocked all the way down the stairs. Can were they that can they recover? coming into the year though? I think I think that fans all of a sudden get ahead of themselves. Um, and and put them in that position. I think Northwestern coming into the year was quite happy where they were at, you know, even though they wouldn't probably admit that. And uh, yeah, I, I like what he does as a coach. I think he'll get them back on task this week. I really do. I mean, and, and there's nothing against Iowa. I think Iowa's having a really good year as well. I just think when you when a decent team gets beat like that, and they're, and they're well coached, and, and I think he is a very good coach, especially for what he's working with there. I I think he'll get them on back on 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 point. That's all. And they're a little home underdog as well, which gives them a little. Incentive. You seem to really like this Fitzgerald dude. How much do you like him? I mean, your school's looking for a coach. Well, I don't know if they'll they'll eventually tab him, but I I wouldn't mind him. I, I like what he. Listen, that's a, that's not an easy job there. You know that. I mean, that's probably tougher than the Stanford job. You know, I think they have four thousand students. I want to say undergrad at mm-hmm. Northwestern, something like mm-hmm. that. Maybe six thousand. And he's playing against some of the biggest schools in the country in terms of student uh, population. I mean, that's pretty, you know, pretty impressive if you ask me. Oh no, there's no doubt. If you're at Northwestern and you're sitting there at five and won six games into the season, uh, you're definitely doing a great job. Alabama is taking on Texas A&M. We know Texas A&M up until last year was kind of the kryptonite for the Saban, uh, Saban Superman. Uh, last year, though. Alabama came out and deflected some heavy muscle on Texas A&M, 59 to nothing at home. Uh, this game is in College Station. Can Texas A&M get their comeback, and uh, can they get a little revenge in this game against Alabama, which is kind of all. This is kind of all in for the West. Um, well, let me not say that because LSU is still in this thing. But this is a big game in the in the Western Division of the SEC. Yes, very big. Um, here's, I almost made this a pick, and you know, here's what I see here for for this game and why. I think fans, we always remember the last game, okay? So when Alabama played Georgia, fans remembered the Mississippi game. They immediately mm-hmm. started saying, certain fans, not me, not you, okay, mm-hmm. you know, Alabama's time has come, uh, the, the dynasty's starting to crack, you know, Georgia's going to take them out at home, okay? Again, it wasn't a really good matchup for, for, for Georgia because what they do well, Alabama defense as well. Alabama mm-hmm. did what Alabama does, and they hammered Georgia. Now they come into this game. I think fans remember that, and they figure, okay, Alabama's going to go and hammer A&M, and I don't necessarily see it that way. I think that uh, A&M does some different things that you know give Alabama some problems, and the big mm-hmm. uh, X factor for me in this game is Texas A&M is finally playing some defense with Chivas there. And I, I, I really like them as a home underdog in this game. 
Do you? Um, it, here's how I'm kind of seeing this thing. What's given, and we know this now, um, what's given Alabama problems is two things. Uh, the hurry-up offense and a quarterback that can run around. This is not what Texas A&M has this year. They don't have that run-around quarterback. That's number one. Number two, Alabama's behavior last week, uh, they struggled with Arkansas for much of that game before pulling to, pulling it together at the end, suggests to me that they had some mental resources placed on this game here. And uh, this game's ultra-important to them. I think they want to keep the little... I think they want to keep Texas A&M where they put them last year. So I would not be surprised if Alabama went out and and won this game um, and did so in a semi-convincing fashion, 9 to 10 points or something like that. This is just kind of the feeling that I'm getting there uh, on this game. But it's going to be interesting nonetheless. Uh, there's another big game in the SEC tomorrow, one that I will be at attendance. I don't know if I've told you this. I really, really wanted to play a night game at LSU when I was a player, and it just never, never happened. Um, and it's not going to happen uh, for me ever as I'm 43 years old now, and I believe last I checked my college football eligibility was up. However, not in Alabama in the 70s. Don't you remember that kid married Major Ogilvy played in like 17 Sugar Bowls back in the 70s? Every, every time I turned the Sugar Bowl on, Major Ogilvy was running around. <laughs> Well, that's not going to happen to me, but I, I'm going to be in attendance. I'm going to attend a night game at LSU. They say it's an experience, so I'm looking forward to seeing this. Florida's taking on LSU. You had some people early on in the week saying Florida's uh, season's over, Will Greer's done, uh, they'll, you know, poor, at least they're bowl eligible, all that yippee, yippee, yada, yada. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a man. There's no doubt about it, and uh, he'll get his yards in this game. What do you think is going to go down in this game, LSU and Florida? Well, this game is a game that made the final cut for me and just got tossed out because, you know, you're only allowed to make three picks on this show, so I had to toss one mm-hmm. out. And um, I really like Florida at seven and above as far as if you're asking mm-hmm. me. And um, here, Here's what I see. The Florida quarterback rear, I'm not going to sit here and say he, he didn't help them. played pretty well so far. But let's not. You know, this was not Danny Cannell throwing the ball for you know back for Florida State in the, in the 90s where they were scoring 50 points or that other kid they had Warfel at Florida. I mean, not when he played were... my school. Who? Cannell. Danny Cannell or Warfel? Yeah. No, they no, didn't. Danny but you Cannell. know what? These were not like the Florida Florida State offenses of the, of the 90s, just scoring points all over the place. He was being efficient. And they were winning football games. They beat Kentucky 14-9. They beat Missouri at the game you were at last week, 21-3. They had a defensive touchdown. There's nothing to suggest that Harris can't come in and run the same offense as long as they're not turning the ball over. I think Florida is going to be a defensive team. And I also think what's getting masked by LSU's win so far, their defense has not been typical. It hasn't been great shutting people out or holding people at 10 points. They've been giving up in the 20s, and they can't throw the ball. So I think Florida's going to come in. They're going to load the defensive front, put the corners on an island against the LSU receivers, and basically say you can run into eight- and nine-man fronts with with this beast that you have, or you can Mm -hmm. try to beat man coverage. And until they beat it, until their quarterback shows that he can can win some of those matchups, it's still tough to run no matter how good you are when you're running at eight- Mm -hmm. eight and nine-man fronts. Mm Mm-hmm. No, no but doubt about it. So that's I like be Florida the to keep thing. it close, maybe even win the game outright. Yeah. How's that? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that defense going up against, um, you know, something's got to give. 
and uh, that old cliche is going to come to mind as those two teams meet. Obviously, I've got no uh, nothing I'm going to reveal here on this show as to how I feel how this game is going to go down, but I am dead. It's, Definitely looking forward to seeing this game live and in color. Uh, the boys are down here locally have a big one. Emil, what's happened to Miami after the Florida State game in recent history would suggest that things are going to go bad here. I have I said this yesterday in talking about the University of Miami. The good thing for them here is that this game has happened earlier in the season than in years past. Uh, years past has been about you know, two or three games left after the Florida State game. Miami still has a whole half a season left to go. That was their <clears throat> first conference game. Uh, it was not. It was not a. Uh, it was not a, a game from their division. So they've still got a chance to win uh, their half of the ACC and get back into a championship game. And it could be Florida State again or Clemson. So I don't know if the feeling's the same this year. I do know this though, uh, Amel. The Canes have to respond here. By respond, I don't mean beat Virginia Tech 24-21. to I was trying to make this point to a fan. Um, Oregon won their game after they lost to Utah. But Alabama responded after they lost to Ole Miss when they went and played Georgia. There's a difference here, and I think Miami needs to respond. So it shouldn't this, – this can't be a 24-21 game. Um, it needs to be a – for lack of a better term, an ass-kicking. They, they need to win this game by double digits, if you ask me, if they're going to have any kind of a season to, to, to be proud of. Well, and they could. I mean, I, mean I, I can't pretend to tell you I don't have any idea how this is going to go because I really don't have a feel for Miami under this current regime. So I don't know. You know, All I've known is history of the last four years says they usually come out lay an egg. I'm hoping that's not the case. Uh, they're off back-to-back losses. It's going to get ugly down there if they don't win this game, first of all. And secondly, I agree with you. They need to respond, and I hope they do. I, I, can't, I mean, I wish I could tell people I really don't have an, a thought because I don't know which direction Miami goes here. But I will say this with fans. We all need to recalibrate ourselves for college football. Most of the time, you're going to lose two or three games anymore because of the parity. So your season is mm-hmm. not a disaster if you – don't allow it to become a disaster. You can still go on at this point if you're Miami and have a really good season. So, you know, because the days of going 12 and 0 are pretty much over. Um if if you know, if you're Miami, I guess for everyone too, there's a lot of parity going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's going 12 and 0? Alabama has been the latest dynasty, right? They already have a loss. I mean, they might lose two games this year. They could lose somewhere else along the way. Yeah, uh that this is true. You know, this this is true. There's there's no question that that could happen for them. I mean, they could lose this weekend, as we discussed. You you right. think that they could possibly lose? So uh, that is the story. And again, I think the Canes really need to respond here. And again, How, what do you uh, think they'll do? Uh, You're the guy who has the pulse on more. So on I think depth. it's different this year. I think it's different this year. I think uh, there's not a feeling of man, our season's over. We built the whole season around this. this. Can't build. I don't think they built the whole season around this. I think they went and said, we'll play Florida State, see what happens. Uh, We were right there with them. We lost. We still got a whole lot of football ahead of us. Let's try and make something out of our season. Um, And I I think the seniors can point to that and say, hey, we don't want to go out like uh, the last couple of classes did. So I think they will come out and respond here. And uh, Virginia Tech's not working with anything, man. They're trying to play defense because that's what they do. They don't have an offense that can help them. So Miami – wants to and do what they – if Kai and the guys on offense could go out and play the way that they played last week, uh, they can run Virginia Tech up off the field, believe that or not. Michigan State taking on Michigan. Uh, 
I think I had Les on yesterday asking him, you know, how he feels about this. He can't get Sparty out of his eyes. He's from Detroit. You know, those people in Detroit love Michigan State. But Michigan has looked so damn impressive. Um, I don't I, I don't know how you can't back Michigan here, although this number is high. Seven and a half is 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 a little troublesome. This might be a closer game. Yeah, there. well, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that for a couple of minutes. I have a pick on the game, so I don't want to give too much away. I know everybody's just sitting on the edge of their seat for that. Yeah, pick. sounds good to me. I look, I don't have a pick on this game, so I will say this: uh, I like Michigan to win the game. I just think the number's high, and if you're getting a hook on the end of seven, uh, probably something you should take. Michigan State has not been impressive. There's no doubt about. It. Michigan has been impressive, no doubt about that. But I don't think Michigan has really faced a Michigan State who can play some defense but also will have some offense. They faced a good defensive team last week who had no offense. Michigan State's going to be a little bit more balanced, and it is a rivalry game. Um, I think this one's going to be a little tougher than that. Maybe Michigan wins by six. How about that? So, okay. you know, we'll just go with that. All right, I think we're out of time on, on the big – I think we hit all the big ones because I've got I'm, – I'm doing the whole West Coast thing. Oh, you know what? Let's talk USC and Notre Dame because I don't have a pick on that. Well, and I have a pick. A I have game. a pick on that game. So why don't we just roll it all up into our, uh, you know, our pick I'm going to back. I'm yeah, I'm going to back USC on. I'm going to back USC on that one. I want to hear what your thoughts are oh, on it. Okay. Wow. Let's He's going to back the Trojans. I'm going to back. I'm going to back the Trojans on it. I hope I don't regret it. But nevertheless, uh, we're going to get into our picks right here. You go first as you do in college football. Uh, Mr. Larry Hoover, what do you got for us? Okay, I start off, uh, you know, letting me cover our records uh, going into today in college. Chad sits at 11-7, and seven, quite impressive in and of himself. He keeps bragging about me. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm, I'm on a little bit of a run. I'm 13-5, and five, so we'll uh, try to continue that. Mm-hmm. Here we go. First one we're going to start with is the team that played Miami last week. We're, we're going to start in the Florida State-Louisville game, and you know what? Um, I've... I'm not back in Florida State once again. I mean, I took mm. points last week. I got the cover. Mm-hmm. I'm going to grab Louisville mm. plus 7.5 in this game because if you've noticed, after they took three straight losses to start the season, they've come back with two nice wins. They play some defense down at Louisville. I think they're a better team than the record indicates. And I think Florida State is probably one of the weakest undefeated teams I've seen this year. I, I'm not impressed with, with, with what they've done to date. And I see no reason that they should be this big of a favorite coming off an emotional win against Miami. I really like Louisville, maybe even to pull an upset here straight up. All right. Uh, I don't know that I disagree with that. I just, you know, Florida State's found ways to win games. I just don't think they're seven and a half points better than Louisville in this game. Exactly. What do you got now? The next one, you, you know, you talk about Michigan State, and they certainly have not lived up to the billing coming into the season. I think a little bit of that is uh, complacency within a program that honestly isn't used to being a perennial power. Let's face it, Michigan State has been the little brother of Michigan for a long time. And the last few years now, they're they're getting that every year they're in the top seven or eight teams to start the year. And I think they might have read a little bit too much of the press clippings. They do come into this game, though, with a very good quarterback, a guy that many people are touting as an NFL-type talent. And they're playing a Michigan team that – while they've posted three straight shutouts, if you look at the schedule, they started with Utah, they took a loss. Oregon State, UNLV stink. BYU is at the end of a, of a tough, tough road, uh, road to start the season. Go look at BYU's schedule. Mm-hmm. That was an impressive mm-hmm. win, though. Hey, 31 nothing is 31 nothing. Maryland stinks. They've already fired their coach. We talked about Northwestern being offensively challenged, but it's still an impressive win. I'm just, what I'm getting at is they haven't played a team like Michigan State. To me... Mm-hmm. 
I'm grabbing seven and a half here. I would not be shocked if uh, D'Antonio has them ready to, to play to play in this game and they win the game outright. Really, I wouldn't. I'm, wow, I, that, that would be I, yeah. a shocker. That would certainly shake. Yeah, that wouldn't shock there. me because I I understand the type of coach he is, and he's a guy that I think can match up with Harbaugh. I mean, in that mm-hmm. conference, to me, you got Urban Meyer, you got Harbaugh, and you got this guy, and and he's a guy that can really match up with them. I'll take the seven and a half in that rivalry game. All right, and what's your last one? Your last finally of the tree. You know the. The, the knee-jerk reaction here after what happened at USC in the game against Washington is to come here and just say Notre Dame is going to lather them on Saturday night, uh, just you know, beat the hell out of them. I actually think what happened at USC for the players was a godsend. They had a guy who obviously had some issues there. He wasn't preparing. You can't be drunk like that and be doing your job the way you need to do your job. You just can't be. Um, they looked unprepared. I've told you that many times. I think they're going to rally around this interim coach the same way they did a couple of years ago when Kiffin got fired. I expect a very good effort Saturday night. I'm not sure they get the outright. It might come down to a field goal, and maybe Notre Dame beats them, but I, I like six and a half points in this game. I really like six and a half points. So I'll take the Trojans plus six and a half at Notre Dame. From what I know, um, the players and uh, several of the coaches desperately wanted some kind of change going uh, to to happen there. And I'm not talking about um, Sark's personal situation, just play calling um, and and some other things in preparation for games. And I think with Sark gone, you're going to have an opportunity for some of those things to happen. And I think it will, at least for this first week without him, will bear fruit uh, against Notre Dame. So I uh, agree with you on that pick. So to recap, you've got Louisville, 7.5 against Florida State. You like Michigan State, the underdog, 7.5 against Michigan. And you've got yet another underdog as you're taking USC in their game versus Notre Dame. So the dogs are out and barking for you. I'm going to roll into my picks. Um, you know what? I I went all West Coast a couple weeks ago, and I think I'm going to – I'm going to do it again. I'm going to stay all out in the West. It's going to be an all-Pac-12 affair for me. Utah oh, wow. um, it, it is is rolling along, and people are, are putting Utah in places Utah has not been since the Urban Meyer days. And uh, typically, when I start talking like this, it means uh, I think I'm, it's time to fade Utah. But that's not what I'm doing. What I really love about what Utah's got going on is on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, yeah, they've given up some 20-point games, but that's – that's that's literally a shutout out west. What they're doing, Emil, at an at an amazing clip is they're getting people to turn the football over. Over their last three games, Utah's forced eleven turnovers. And wow. when you're doing that kind of stuff, you're gonna you're just gonna win football games. And you have you and I have talked about Arizona State. Uh they don't necessarily protect the ball all that well. They're freewheeling on defense and um you know, yeah, they went out and got a win against Colorado, and yes, they beat UCLA before that, but when they got matched up with something real, which was USC at the time, they got punched right in the face. And I don't know that Arizona State's as tough as people want to make them out to be. Utah is, and so I'm going to roll with Utah on this one as a, uh, what are they, six-and-a-half-point favorite Six-and-a-half-point chalks, and you got the Utes. Yeah, uh, things are just rolling along really well, and I don't see a reason to, to get off of the uh, Utah train right now. So I'm going to stay with them in this one. Arizona's coming to town to face Colorado. Uh, Arizona's 4-2. and two. Arizona's not that team, Emil. They're not the let's-go-lay-a-touchdown-on-the-road type team. This is not the Colorado team of the last couple of years. They can stand up to people. Yes, they got you know slapped around a little bit last week, but they were on the road. 
when they've been at home, they've played some pretty good football games. They held tough against Oregon a couple of weeks ago. I think they're going to hold tough here against Arizona, who's coming into this game off of a big 44-7 to win, and I think they're going to be a little too giddy off of that. They're going on this road game against Colorado. They'll probably be thinking about Washington State, and so I like Colorado as a greater than touchdown underdog here at home. So I'm going to What roll. is that, seven and a half? Seven and a half. Believe me, believe it or not, I'm going to roll with Colorado and hold my breath. I like that pick. I really do. I agree with everything you said there. Yeah. So staying out west, uh, I'm going to. I'm going to. Oregon has showed me who they are. Uh, They had, you know, I kind of backed them a couple of weeks here. Now I'm going to fly on the other side on these guys. They're not. They're not. They're not who people thought they were going to be, certainly not what they thought they were going to be, and that has become painfully obvious. And so I'm going to, I'm going to have to go the other way on these guys. They just don't have it, Emil. The, the Colorado game was a little bit of a hint. I didn't learn my lesson off of, listen, you got crushed by Utah at home. You go and play lackluster against Colorado, and then your answer to that is to lose a home game to Washington State. So the last two times they've lined up at home, they were losers. Now they're going on a road to play a Washington State team, a Washington team who feels damn good about themselves. They went out to USC and beat the Trojans, and so they're full of confidence. And there's no way now they want to give up all that great momentum against an Oregon team that they've been dying to get their hands on since Oregon's week. I like Washington as a small favorite at home in this game i think oregon's done um, yeah minus and, the and, minus the three points i think that's a solid pick uh you know you you look i think their coaching advantage in this game is huge i think it's as big in this game as it was when they played usc i think that you know you saw what they did there i mean with a lot less talent they won a game on the road uh peterson out coached sark in his last game and i think he'll out coach the oregon coach i agree with you yeah, basically, I think Oregon's toast, and uh, that will show up in this way. Is they're going to lose back-to-back games for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, I'm going to back Washington in this one. So to recap, I'm taking Washington as a home favorite of three uh, against Oregon. I like Colorado as a home underdog against um, Arizona, who's coming in here laying big points. And then I like Utah in a big matchup out in the Pac-12, six-and-a-half-point favorites against Arizona State. So there you have it. All right, we don't have time for a break. We're going to roll right now into our NFL picks, and then uh, with the time we've got left, we'll talk about some of the other games that are not on the list. Um, you you I, come into the NFL go... at 6-8. and eight, I come in at 7-8. and eight. So let, let's, uh, let, let's get over 500 this week for the season in NFL. Yeah, we need to get that done, and that, for me, means I need to go 3-0, and and I will go 3-0 and with these picks. Cleveland is at home. Cleveland threw the ball around pretty well last week. Um, they did some really good things in their game against Baltimore, a team they've not had a whole bunch of success against. And uh, this might sound crazy, but the line in this one would – would seem a little bit crazy. You think Denver, you think Cleveland, you're thinking, hey, man, this is a game where the Broncos are usually greater than a touchdown favorite or even moving to something like double digits. Well, they're not. It's four and a half, and I think it's a little bit of a trap right there. I liked what I saw from Cleveland. Cleveland's feeling good about themselves because even the games that they have lost this year, they've been they've been in these, in these ball games. And I think with Denver right here, this is their third road game in, in, in four all right, so they're going to be a little bit tired, and they got a big game against Green Bay next week. I just think they're going to take Cleveland for granted here and uh, mess around and, and take a L. So I like Cleveland in this contest. Cleveland um, plus so four and a half. Wow, okay. Take, taking Cleveland. Uh, and I'm going to fly on over to the Chicago Bears and Detroit Lions. Can we agree the Lions need a win in the worst way? They're, they're, they're an 0-5 football team right now. They need a win. 
what better way to get a win than to invite these Chicago Bears here? The Bears are off of back-to-back wins, and that second win was at Kansas City. I mean, they might be hungover on this Friday as we're sitting here talking about this. Can you imagine the Chicago Bears winning three games in a row with with the last two being back-to-back games on the road? Can't see it. The nope. Bears are another team playing their third road game in four. Uh, I just don't see them having enough here to hold off a Detroit team. that If they don't get a win here, it could be real, real ugly for them. So I'm going to back Detroit in this one as a field goal. Is it still a field goal? As yes. a field goal favorite in this contest. So back in the Detroit lines, if they don't get it done here, you're not going to see Chad picking them again anytime soon. The New York Jets back home. Uh, after going out to London and beating their division rival, one of their division rivals, the Miami Dolphins, I'm sure they would thought it was all sweet and dandy all week. I don't know how well they're going to prepare for this. And someone has said the Jets are worthy of being a six-point favorite against someone. I'm not buying it. Plus, they've got the game next week against New England. Some of their mind has to be on that. The Redskins come into this game after losing a close one to the Atlanta Falcons. I think they're going to be the more motivated team in this contest. So I'm going to go ahead and grab the six points with the Washington Redskins here. So um, I'm backing some losers here this week, but I think I'm going to be a winner picking these losers. You got Cleveland, you got Detroit, and you got Washington. Okay, you know what's funny? You and I always laugh at this, and, and anybody who consistently listens to the show understands we swear that we don't talk before the show, but a lot of times we just think the same way about a lot of this stuff, and we come mm-hmm. from completely different backgrounds, so it's not like, you know, oh, that's obvious. We we, we just somehow think alike. Um, mm-hmm. I love the Lions this week because if, if, you, if, if they don't win this game, I'm not sure where their, their wins are going to come from. I mean, there's not a See, better toast, team. Man. Yeah, there's not a it's better a toast team. toast anyway, to but like toast toast. Toast toast, yeah, like a non-competitive toast. There's not a better team to invite to your home when you need a win right now than the Chicago Bears. They're typically sloppy with the football. They don't play great defense. I mean, if the Lions can't win this game at home, like you said, uh, they're staring like a two-win season or less right in the face. So I think they get a win and try to get some, you know, a, a good positive feeling to finish out the season because it's a long season, and, you know, they want to have something to play for week to week. They need a win. Um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. funny again, you know, a sec, my second pick. I love the Redskins as well, plus six. I look at the Jets. Hey, Redskins people, have been good to us on this show, have they not? They've been good to us, but this is more about the Jets. I think the Jets, you know the saying, get over your skis a little bit. You know, if you lean forward too much, you fall when you ski. I think the Jets are 3-1. Mm-hmm. and one. They spent the bye week thinking about that win in London, and next week they have the Patriots. I think the Jets are probably a little ahead of themselves, thinking about we can get first place, we could beat the Patriots. I wouldn't be surprised if the Redskins win this game outright. Wouldn't even in the least surprise me. Oh, no, that could definitely happen. There's no question about it. Especially with a team like the Jets who are typically offensively challenged. So I'm going to back the Redskins plus six, and, and, and I'm going to tell people out there, I'm calling for an outright upset here. I like the Redskins to win the game. Finally. Sounds good to me, friend. The Seahawks are not the Seahawks. We know that. Okay, not not what they were at least the last couple of years. But they're two and three, and I dare say that you know this is a game that that's going to be a turning point in their season. Either they're going to win this game and have a chance to do something this year, or they're going to fall to two and four, and uh, you know people are going to start fighting. You're, the typical stuff that happens with championship teams when they stop winning. Um, Panthers come in undefeated. It's a very unimpressive undefeated. They've really played many of the seller dwellers of the NFL, but they're still 4-0. I'm not, I'm not buying it. 
Uh, I'm taking the Seahawks plus seven here. I have a feeling it's going to be one of those typical Seahawks wins. They play a lot of defense. It's close against the spread, but at the end they get one of those, you know, short field touchdowns and they win the game 23-10. So I'm going to take Seattle minus the seven. Man, I can't see the Seahawks fall into two and four, but laying a touchdown with them right now it just seems so scary. I, I mean, no one can get open. They can't block for Russell Wilson. Which is all um, the reason what, why that's, I'm a contrarian. I just don't see why this would be a touchdown. So that's I'm going to lay it. Seahawk mania, I don't know. Listen, I hope I'm a closet Seahawks fan, so I hope that that's how that works out. But ooh, that one, that one scared me away. You know, I was looking, I, I was just anxious to see what the Seahawks were going to be this week, because and you know, I'm just feeling like they were going to win, and didn't matter who they were playing. But how they go about winning games really, really scares me with that. But nevertheless, um, you are the guru. So we will defer to you on this one. So to recap, Detroit Lions minus three, Washington plus six, Seattle minus seven. So between the two of us here, we have given the people four 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 games they really need to pay attention to. So unless you have something you really need to get off your chest about any of these other games, I'm cool with that. We talked about what matters here in the NFL this week. Did you have something yeah, else you know, I kind of think I kind of think the NFL slate this week again. You know, I'm getting a little depressed with some of these schedules. And obviously, when they make the schedule, they have no idea. But it just seems like a very weak schedule. I'm trying to find games. My team's on a bye, so I'm trying to find games I really want to see. Maybe the Arizona. Well, I'll tell you Pittsburgh. what we can talk about. Are the Patriots going to put up 70 points against the Colts? Because people are talking like that's what's going to happen. Are they going to just absolutely, completely beat Indianapolis senseless and leave their bloody bodies all over the stadium? Or what's going to happen there? I, I think they'll score a lot of points. I mean, what I saw, look at it this way, right? Last week, Dallas actually played some good defense. I mean, they mm-hmm. dropped Brady five times. And at the end of the day, the Patriots still had 30 points. Right. So how that happen? And Indy's not going to play that kind of defense, I don't think. I don't think they're going to knock Brady around. So if he stands there in a clean pocket on AstroTurf against the Colts' smallish defense, this could get – Did you just say AstroTurf? Yeah, it's not nice field turf, isn't it? Yeah. You said AstroTurf. You, I did you know say how old that makes you? Really old. I mean, that's in the, that's in the AstroDome. I know. <laughs> field turf. More AstroTurf. It's the field turf. I'm sorry, field turf. The stuff with the rubber balls in between the fly. Yeah, machine. that. Yeah, yeah the rubbery, the tires that died, dead tires. Yeah, uh, that. But I do think. Why do you see for that Why didn't you make it a pick? Like How about that? Forty-five twenty. I think they're going to score a bunch. Yeah, forty-five twenty. So they're going to they're, they're going to cover the spread by fifteen points, and neither one of us had the cojones to pick this team. You why know why? There's a certain principle that I try to adhere to in the NFL, and that's laying double digits on the road is usually a formula that long-term will, will lose you a lot of games. So, oh, you've got principalities. There's principalities in this thing. Is that yes. what you're telling Here's me? Here's another game I'm interested in. What do you think the Packers will do to the Chargers? Uh, I don't like San Diego when they got to go um, – when they got to travel in that direction. They do get – they do get a break with this game being at 4:30, but I don't know. The, for some reason, I feel like the Packers with the Falcons—they've got to drop a game somewhere here, and uh, this could be it. They got Denver next week. I don't know if I'd be all over the Packers in terms of a point spread deal, but they'll find yeah, a way to win. Yeah, especially since you got to figure San Diego's—you know—after that loss on Monday night, you know the the NFL. You know, we talk about this all the time. It tends to gravitate toward the middle. It's it's really hard to break away from the pack in the NFL because. The talent's so close. That's why you see a lot of teams this time of the year, two and three, three and three. It's just that's 
that's the nature of the league. So every once in a while, a team like San Diego will jump up and, in a spot like this, catch a team like Green Bay looking ahead and beat them. Yeah, so we'll see how to, we'll see how that goes. I got to kick you out of here because I got my, my my Canes guy on here, and we need to talk about what happened last week, what might happen tomorrow, how many banners are going to be flying all over the stadium. Will Al Golden keep well, his hey, job? Well, you guys uh, cover that, and I will see you on Monday. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Enjoy your weekend, and I'm sure we'll share many texts. Um, uh, I have Sprint, by the way, so my phone won't work the moment I enter, t- uh, enter Tiger Stadium on Saturday. That's my little adverse advertisement right here for Sprint. So uh, between, <laughs> between 7 and 11, you won't be able to get a hold of your boy. But enjoy your weekend nonetheless, man, and we'll see you again on Monday. Bye-bye. All right. Taking a quick, quick break, Peter Ariz joins me from Canes Insight to talk Canes football right after this. recruits out there. You want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We've got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. No commas brings us back from the break here at 11.09 on the Gridiron Stud Show. Football Friday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. And we talk a show. Uh, we're, we're talking about commas. And I bring my next guest on. Pete, did uh, Dalvin Cook put any commas in his rushing yards last week against the Miami Hurricanes? Did you happen to notice any? Uh, if he didn't uh, have that little hamstring issue, I think he, I think he might have gone for 1,000 in that game. Good Lord. Um Listen, I hate to hammer that home, but that just really uh, punched me in the stomach. This guy averaged 10 yards a carry, 222 yards on 22 carries in this game, and he's from he's he's from the state of Miami. So that state has to of Miami. Really, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can get that has any, to chip away at fans. Miami. Then yeah, I mean, that definitely was a discussion point for Canes fans, but it's it's something that uh, they've been harping on for couple of years now at this point so i don't think it was much of a surprise uh to most most people who've been following dalvin cook's career yeah pete let me let me let me just ask you this question let's let's get semi-real here um every year uh we've come into the season believing things are are, are believe it or not believing things are different believing things are, are moving in the right direction believing this this we're taking a step up the ladder. We believe that every year coming in, and we believe that they're going to be the the subtle, or not even subtle. The the necessary changes are going to be made specifically on defense to uh, change the tide of the way things have gone. And then you have a game like this. What, what's do you see? Do you see any changes in the University of Miami defense? And it may not be fair to ask you this after they just gave up 535 yards and 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 lost the game against their rival, but. Do you see any changes in the University of Miami defense? And, and if you do, what, what are those changes? 
Uh, I don't see any changes uh, pretty much at all, especially up front, which has really been Miami's issue uh, over the past three, four years. Uh, if, if you want to point to a change, maybe they're using Deion Bush as a nickel corner, which I don't even think is really where his, he should be playing. Uh, mm. But, no, I don't see any uh, philosophical changes defensively. Pretty much the same as, as far as, you know, the bend-don't-break uh, mentality. And, and, you know, you saw that not only last week and, and the week before against Cincinnati, but uh, in that game against Nebraska, as, as the game kind of wore on, Nebraska just was able to continue moving the ball downfield and ended up, you know, coming back and making it much tighter than people had wanted it to be at that point of the game. Uh, but no, bottom line to answer your question, have not seen any changes uh, on that defensive side of the ball. As a guy who's been around the program, reporting on it, uh, gathering information on it, talking it, discussing it, analyzing it, why has it been so hard to make those changes to get this thing going? Because I'm looking at it, Pete. Let me just go through the last four games here defensively. 248 yards rushing given up to Florida State. 167 yards rushing given up to Cincinnati. 153 yards rushing given up to Nebraska. An ungodly 223 rushing yards given up to Florida Atlantic. This has been status quo. Why is it so difficult to make these changes and get this thing going where it needs to go? I think the simplest answer would be stubbornness up top uh you know obviously everyone has been calling for changes fans media uh you name it for for about really i think everyone has been calling for changes for two years at this point i'd say uh maybe more than that uh and, and i think look if if you believe in something uh you're going to keep trying it until it until it absolutely fails and I, and I think at this point you know it's failed enough that uh, it's really going to come back to hurt Golden. Uh, and, and look, the, it's really too late at this point for him to make any changes that, that, will, that will save his job, in my opinion. Um, well, what would keep his job? Since let's, let's, let's stay on that. What would keep his job at this point? You've lost to your rival once again. Um, you're 3-2 and two on the season. Does he have to win out? Are we talking about that already? What would it take for him to be the coach here again next year? Well, this is a very interesting question because I've had some Canes fans ask me, you know, what happens if 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 Miami wins the Coastal? And, you know, that's a loaded question because the Coastal is extremely weak this year as it is, you know, most years. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Miami, you look at the rest of their schedule and there's not a guaranteed win the rest of the way. And, mm-hmm. you know, you already look this week tough rivalry game against Virginia Tech, a team who's coming off a big win over NC State, Clemson. The week we can't after call that. Virginia a guaranteed win at home? Uh, I mean, you saw what happened last year. My, uh, Virginia beat Miami. I think the score was 31-7. The Canes scored that uh, touchdown in the first quarter. It was a deep pass from Kaya to Dorsett. But, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they didn't. it was a Thursday night game. Excuse No, that was a Saturday night game. The, the Virginia Tech game last year was a Thursday night game that Miami mm-hmm. won. But, uh, mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I don't, I don't call the Virginia game uh, a guaranteed win whatsoever. So I, you're at the point where, you know, you're hopeful, like you said, every single week that a new Miami team comes out, different mentality. Uh, but time and time again, and, and look, it seems like every week when I come on the show, we're, we're talking about the same type of thing, and mm-hmm. we always say maybe this is the week that you know changes are made, but we continue to see much of the same. So. Uh, yeah, well, you can't be, change your philosophy yeah. midstream here. So this thing no, is either going to work. It's yeah, it's it's either going to work or 
We're going to die. We're going to die at the hands of it. Uh, here's the good thing. All right. Here's the positive because I don't want to be all negative here. This Florida State game has happened, I want to say, the earliest that it's ever happened in the Golden Regime, or at least it's the earliest it's happened over the last four years. And the reason I bring that up is because uh, everyone knows we've not been very good after the Florida State game, mm-hmm. um, which has resulted in a loss you know, pretty much every yep. year. So there's a whole lot of the season left. Is that is, – can we are we going to respond better here because we do have seven games left and pretty much a whole a whole ACC season laying ahead of us? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, here? well, look, this this can go one of two ways. One, the team gains confidence, says, you know what, we were on the field with this team for four quarters. They fell down early, fought back, which you know I was I was extremely impressed by. I I turned to uh, the people I was watching the game with and I said this could get ugly quickly. Uh, when when FSU went up 17 to three and and uh, I was very happy with the way they responded. Uh, I I did not expect that. They obviously had that lead going into the fourth quarter, uh, so they could gain confidence from it. Say, look, FSU, even though they may not be uh, what they've been the past couple of years, this is still a very talented team uh, on both sides of the football. And you know we played with them for four quarters. On the other hand, like we saw last year. The team had that deflating loss, had that big lead, blew it, and the rest of the season went down the drain. I think this is a bit of a different team than last year in the sense that last year's team had guys like Perryman, Dorsett, Walford, Feliciano, guys who were, you know, high-character, hard-working guys, but they kind of had their eye on that next level, and at that point they didn't really have much to play for. This team still has a lot to play for in the sense that they're still alive in the ACC, very much alive. You know, like I said, it's going to be a long, long uh, kind of journey back up to that top spot. But uh, this is a younger team who still has uh, a lot to play for. Uh, and, I, you know, I think this week is going to be that first step because uh, Virginia Tech's not a great team. And let, let's not, mm-hmm. not sugarcoat anything. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a team that's going to give you a, a test. And with, with Frank Beamer on the other side, you can say what you want about him being, you know, burnt out at this point, not – not being what he used to, but you know that's going to be a team on the other side of the ball that that competes and uh, is going to be well coached. So this week is going to be a it's going to be a sign, I think, to see how uh, the team responds. Because look, I don't expect it to be uh, an atmosphere that's wild or anything like that. Obviously, you never expect that in a Miami game, but this week especially, I was talking about it with someone the other day. I said, look, I don't know what they're going to announce in the in the stands, but there could be twenty five. 20,000 people there tomorrow maybe. I mean, and you know what, my... and you know what about that stadium? 25,000 uh in another stadium probably with the same capacity might not look as bad. It just looks really bad at Sun Life Stadium when you get that amount of people yep. there. Now, I, I don't know I don't know why that is. I could rack my brain about it. It just looks really really bad when it's like that at that stadium. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Miami had a 40, 45,000 capacity stadium then it's it's a more than half full with twenty five thousand and uh you know, Sun Life holds seventy four, seventy five thousand right now, so uh I mean that's that's definitely why it, it looks more empty, but I think that's a whole other discussion that uh has been kinda kinda talked about for uh talked about at length at this point and there's not much Miami fans can do about that. Besides yeah, show up to um, games of course. Feel free to disagree with me on this if if you, if you need to if you do. Uh, a 24 to 21 win over Virginia Tech's not going to get the job done here. Um, 
I think Miami needs to have an impressive win, not only for the confidence to head into the Clemson week, uh, but just to just to kind of rinse the last three or four years post-Florida State game. They, not only do they need to win, they need to have a convincing win, get people feeling good. And by people, I mean just this team and the staff in general. Agree or disagree with that? Or is 24-21 good enough to, to move on through the rest of the season in a positive manner? Chad, I, I think it's at the point where no matter what Miami does this week, it's really not going to matter. I think fans, critics, you know, the administration, everyone is kind of going to base – Every, it's going to be based on the rest of the season. We saw last year Miami had a big win against Virginia Tech. Obviously, that wasn't after the Florida State game, but either way, even if they had a, a win like that uh, this week, it, it's going to be something where fans continue to hold judgment, not only hold judgment, but one win here, and it's it's really not going to do anything, uh, to tell you the truth. That's that's my opinion, and I think uh, mm-hmm. – you know, a lot of what about for who, team, though? Forget about the fans, because the fans are where they are, and I don't think they're coming back short of uh, somehow finding their way in that Final Four or winning the, 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 coast, uh, winning the entire ACC. I don't think anything is going to change there because they're so downbeaten. But what about the team itself? Yeah, does a 27-10 win over Virginia Tech help, help them beat Clemson next week? I mean, I don't know if it helps them beat Clemson, but I think it definitely puts them in a better state of mind you know, anytime you're coming off a win, that kind of uh, changes the attitude around the team and everything. Look, they're saying all the right things in practice this week. You wouldn't expect anything else. But uh, it, it, I think how they come out in that first quarter is going to determine a lot. If you see them come out flat like we've seen uh, them come out after those FSU games, look, in a rivalry game like that, it takes a lot out of you, not only physically but emotionally. You put so much into it that week before uh, you're so focused on the game, and when it happens and you lose, it's like, wow, you know, we put all of that into it, and, and we ended up losing the game. But uh, yeah, I think for the team morale, and it's look, it's it's. I don't want to continue to sound like a broken record, but it's a young team, and, and that's no excuse for how they've played this year or their performances over the last couple of years because it hasn't been a, a young team the last two years. But uh, this is a young team, uh, so I think a win like that, a win like that, twenty-seven, ten, thirty to ten, uh, would kind of get their spirits up a bit. And 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 look. Clemson's an extremely talented team, no doubt about it, but Miami gets them at home. Not that it's much of a home field advantage, but uh, it's a lot easier than going to Death Valley and trying to get a win. Oh, yeah, God, yes. Yeah, so I think think a win this week would do a lot for them. Yeah, yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. We know about the win. I'm just saying you're going to need something impressive here. If you get a lead, you don't need to do what you did against Nebraska. You need to hold it and get to the end of the game. Yeah, that's key. Yeah, you need a double-digit win. Um, I know the fans are going to be the fans, but just for the just for the guys in that room, and I'll give I'll give Al Golden this. He's done an outstanding job of holding his team together and having those guys play with all of the noise left outside. He's done a good job at that because at a lot of other places we've seen teams just bowl and stop playing fall for apart, the coach. Absolutely fall apart. Yeah, yep. yeah. So he's done a great job of that because there's certainly noise out there. Man, this plane's flying. There, you know what? We're getting to the point where these planes are going to crash into each other over Sunlight Stadium. <laughs> We've got so many of them now. So uh, yeah. to ignore all that and ignore everything on talk radio and ignore social media and still go out and play games hard, you got to give Al Golden and the staff credit for that. So, all right. Pete, we got to leave it at that. I'm, you know, probably probably made you late to class, man. But I appreciate you coming on and sharing no, your no insight problem, with no us. No problem. No problem. All man. right, Thanks for having me on as always. Thank you. All right, that is uh, Peter Ariz from CanesInsight.com, uh, a very active site. 
I would say, and uh, a site with a lot of great information, both on recruiting and uh, the day-to-day of University of Miami football. So um, coming on and just being candid about things, and it's you know, it's just time for everyone to start being real, okay? Uh, we've wanted changes on defense. Everyone's wanted changes on defense. And uh, it's just not it's just not happening, man. When you sit here and look at the numbers, it's just not happening. I mean, 535 yards last week. Uh, every week we're looking at close to 500 yards being given up, uh, 33 points, 34 points, 29 points. That's been the last three weeks of this thing. So I think until something happens there on that side of the ball, uh, I don't know that this is going to move in the direction that – people want it to move in. It's got to start on that side of the ball, plain and simple. I mean, Brad Kai and the boys went out there and threw for 405 yards. Yeah, were there some clutch throws missed? Yeah, but you didn't need to be in a clutch situation uh, if you go out and you're throwing for 405 yards and you put up that kind of offense. Yeah, you, I mean, I'd love for you to have run the ball better, but why are you in a clutch situation when you're you're throwing the ball around like that? Yet two receivers go for 100 yards. I don't know the last time that we've had that happen in this in this rivalry. Two guys catch, you know, 100 yards worth of balls there. So um, we're just going to have to wait and see, and it'll be another week, and hope we move in. A, they need a strong defensive performance, let me say that. If Miami goes out and wins this game 20-10, to 20-3, that's going to be better than winning the game 42-30. Uh, to, to just saying that. You need a strong defensive performance because everyone knows that that's been a big issue here. So that's that. Uh, we're going to take a quick break when we get back. It's time to talk high school football here. And uh, none other than Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com will join us, and we'll get into all the good stuff we've got going on in uh, football as we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. It's getting close to playoff time, hot district matchups uh, going down each and every week. And so we'll uh, we'll talk some high school football when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Anytime yeah, me and Scott yeah, yeah, together, yeah, we got to call us the Illuminati. Whenever you see the G, it represents God in geometry. That's what the... 
1126 here on a football Friday. We touched the college football. We've touched the NFL football. And as we always do, we end it with good old high school football because that's what's going to be played across this country tonight as uh, we're starting to march our way down to the final part of the – how that happened? So quick. So, so quick. We're in the, like, week eight already of uh, high school football. So that means some uh, – some. so we go through these weeks here. Some teams are going to get eliminated. Some teams are going to start clinching some spots. And uh, we're going to get a clearer picture as we go through these weeks now of what's what the playoffs are going to look like. So they're going to they're going to be some some tears rolling uh, with tonight's game. Believe it or believe it or not. So here to talk about all that good stuff going on here in the state of Florida, as he does every week, Joshua Wilson from FloridaHSFootball.com is here with us, and uh, we already we already had uh, a big upset this week. We already had an upset alert. Last week, as uh, I mean yesterday, as Killian took out South Dade, who saw that coming? Not, not me. No, nobody. No, no, certainly, nobody certainly not me. our buddy Pinkos. Pinkos had him thirty-eight oh, over Killian. That that's just it. that's just it. But the things like but things like that are what makes high school football fun. And, and especially when it comes down to this time of year, but I mean, I mean, I, I know you, you've probably seen it already. I've already started to pot with South Dade already, you know. But in my mind, you do at this particular point. I lost this late in the season in district play. That's a no-no, you, especially when you're projected to win, and then win yeah. big is like you know like that. It's a no-no, and I, I don't think fans totally see it. It's like look. You're trying to compare it to Flanagan, but see, here's the thing: Flanagan, yeah, last yeah, Flanagan, yeah. Granted, they lost to us to a, a a more inferior South Plantation team, but they were able to bounce back from it, and they got that they got the things to go their way. Now, at this particular mm-hmm. point, South Dade has got to hope Miami Killian drops the next two weeks. I mean, <laughs> they're going to win that district. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah you're in you're that, you're in that position of hope now, which is where you uh you definitely don't want to find yourself in. And listen, uh, to your point, Flanagan, after losing to South Plantation, has been on a murderous rampage, and everyone facing them is in big, big trouble as they continue to you know go through the schedule and 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 crush people. Is that what we're going to see from St. Thomas now after they took that tough loss last week to Deerfield Beach? I mean, you, you, you would you would kind of wonder if, they, if that would have been the case after even even squeaking on that win against Hallandale. You know, the, you know they would go on a murderous streak at that particular point, knowing that they couldn't let a game slip away like that. And mm. sure enough, you know, and, and it's interesting the comparisons when you look at the games that South that being St. Thomas Aquinas has played on the road compared to home. They've struggled more on the road than they have at home. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. you, you look at the scores, you you realize, wait a second, you know, not playing in front of your home crowd, playing on different turf than probably your 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 the the, the, the astro you know, the field turf that you play on every week. That's gonna that's mm-hmm. gonna be a, that's gonna be a huge huge difference maker. And I really think when it comes to the you know the second round when they have to go to possibly go to Dwyer, you know, that's gonna be mm-hmm. that could that could be a major side effect right there, you know. You know, you just start to look at it and you're like, mm, who do you want to take in that game? You know, it's I mean there's still right. a lot of ifs right this second. So Yeah. It, it'll, um, it's gonna no, get no doubt about it. You 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 wanna say let's see how they respond against Fort Lauderdale, but we all know what's gonna happen there. That's gonna be oh, thirty five yeah, forty nothing at the half and you know, everyone everyone's gonna play tonight for St. Thomas. And so we know what that's going to be. So we're not going to really get a good idea of what's going on there oh, with, with uh, St. Thomas. 
yeah, I don't think we'll necessarily get that idea until until the, the final week, which, you know, I mean, I, I really wish that Flanagan Aquinas game was a, maybe a few weeks before that, not your final game of the yeah, season. Yeah, because you, you wonder know, if there's going to be something where you're positioning yourself, you're worried about playoffs, and there's, you know, possible injuries, so this one doesn't play and that one doesn't play. I hope that doesn't mar that matchup because we need stuff like that down here in South Florida, those kind of matchups. But you got to wonder if, if, you know, if someone's nursing an injury and you're already – you know, clinched your playoff spot, is that person going to play, you know, a marquee player? You worry about that. I mean, yeah, it, that's just exactly what it is. You know, for for, for all that, it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it, it's you know, it, it's, it can get crazy. And, and this is what, you know, usually usually your week 11, so you, you, you think of buying the week, you, you, you reserve it for basically we'll have a call garbage time game pretty much. You, mm-hmm. you, you're getting your second stringers playing out there. And, but you know, right. for, for this one, it's just it's you know you you, you look at it and you're like, really? Why week eleven? Why? <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, I think that's the only way. I think that was the only time yeah. these two could could get the game put in. So you know, I don't want to I don't want to mess that up. At least they got the game uh, done oh, and got yeah, it no. on the schedule. Yeah. So. But, but I'll tell you what. But I'll tell you what. I mean, just just the fact that you know, you look at all these you know all these teams. You look at what's coming across the across the line for the district. It's going the districts. It's you know it's really really interesting. And, I, and I'm sure you if you look at it, you got there's some other surprises down there in South Florida. And of course, all across the entire state, there's been quite a few surprises mm-hmm. this year. And, and it's just it really you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna see. What yeah, you that's why ask we love the football because, season. Like. You know, let's play the games and and then you know let's see what happens because you know we, we always get some surprises. Here's a surprise though. Before the season started, uh, I knew Carroll City would have a good football team. Aubrey Hill's been moving them in the right direction, and we all uh, knew about the names and uh, we knew about what Norland had, especially on defense. And I felt like this was going to be one of the really really great matchups that we were going to have during the season. Unfortunately, Norland's run into a little run here where they have not looked very good. They're sitting here now with a two and three record, and they're taking on a Carroll City team that's trying to, you know, win a district. Is this game still going to be what what we thought it would be before the season, just because of bragging rights and close proximity, or has it lost its luster? Well, considering Norland's had a couple of weeks to prepare for this, so, you know, you would think, you know, mm-hmm. hey, you, 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 you've been able to have a chance to go scout out Carroll City, see what they're able to do. So, yeah, they're possibly could they could make a game out of this, but you know, you know, I, I, I don't think it's so much my worry in that district is Miami Carroll City at this particular point. Mm-hmm. My worry is Miami mm-hmm. Central. What, what Miami? I mean, Miami Central loses to Northwestern. That's they're done. They're pretty much out yeah, of I mean, and, and, and do you think do you think this could happen? Because people are talking like this could happen, the, and uh, the, you know, Northwestern's slowly moving their way up. You know, I mean, we could we be looking at an upset with Central and Northwestern? I considering that considering our friend Pinkos only has Central favored by ten in that game, it, that tells mm-hmm. you something that you know that game could go either way. And mm-hmm. you know, it, all it's going to do is take one or two big defensive plays from Northwestern to. to to put the game, to, to, to give them the game, you know that that's what it's gonna, you know that that'll probably be the difference maker. It's you know who comes out play best plays best defense and who can who can actually mm. move the ball more on offense. And you know Miami Central has struggled this year on offense, and you know it's been well documented. You know you saw it against the map that they had issues. You know they had issues right. against Carroll City when you couldn't even score a touchdown you, you, like that to really score touchdowns on your offense when you knew you had a chance to beat Carroll City. 
I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I know the Miami Central fan base literally got upset over that loss because, you know, they're sitting there expecting to go back to Orlando again and compete for another state title, and all of a sudden it's like, don't put your reservations in yet because we got now we may have to go feeling this going through the going through the district runner up process path mm. and, and that path is not easy you know, for a district runner up that path is not easy trying to go yeah uh, no to no no, no doubt like about that. that yeah we definitely know about that so there's a and chance there's someone's very, mind could be elsewhere and, and yeah and there's been very few district runner ups that have come out I mean that come out and to, to make it to the states out of team and even when I mean you, you, the popular would probably be the you know the the, the shining example of yeah the, we're, we're the rare team over here that can do that. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to come yeah. up as a district runner-up at six and four and run through the playoff bracket and win it. You know, that's what I'm saying is that it, it's a tough proposition, and for Miami Central, that's a tough proposition to be in at this time of year. Yeah, uh, this is true. No, there's, there's no, there's no question about that. Uh, let's talk about uh, you know, with all these marquee matchups with the big name and the high-profile schools going around. Certain matchups can get lost in this. There's a big matchup going on in 4A down here. Uh, tonight, and that's going to be University School, who's been a surprise so far this season, traveling to take on Bell Glade Central. And before the season started, you were saying this was going to be runaway, Bell Glade Central. There's, I mean, Central's going to win this thing, oh. and uh, that there's no other there's no other way around it. Now we're at this point where University I, School might be the favorite I, in this I, game. Oh yeah, I really thought yeah, I really thought that district was Glade Central's and close and pretty much close and showing that hey, it's your district. They kind of lost it. They kind of lost it a couple of weeks ago when they played University School. Me and you talk about for University School being able to clinch a district. I mean, I mean they went they went they went tonight. They got the district. They they they, they, they that's yep. the, the district championships there. They're playing a home. They're playing a first round playoff game at home. So you know right. That, that, it's it's huge, and you know, for, for Glade Central, you know, but you got to win this game. You win this game, you know, then you then, then basically everything comes down between you and Clouston to pretty much decide the runner-up spot. But you know, if Glade mm-hmm. Central wins this, then we're, we're talking a whole other scenario where we could be talking, you know, maybe a possible district tiebreaker shootout come come. That Monday after week ten, you know, they, I mean, there's still that possibility. In oh to, yes, the, to, the the drama. Yeah. We we love the drama of those district shootouts. Oh my goodness, you, 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 I, I'd rather I'd rather see it settled a different way. I don't think this. I mean, some they say. What I've heard is that you know some coaches say they like to be, you know, they like to settle it on the field. Well, you're settling on the field already once. Why would you want to risk injury to your players in a district tiebreaker shootout? In between your week ten and your week eleven, or getting you know, because all it does is take one injury to basically mess everything up. And I've seen that happen. I've seen oh, yeah. a player go down in a district tiebreaker, and that's it's not pretty. It is not pretty because you, you especially no. I mean, one I was at last year, the it was the quarterback that went down, and you you didn't have him for the playoffs game playoff. Oh yeah, that was that that hurt. Yeah, it becomes becomes very expensive to the teams when something like that happens. And when you're talking about a sh- district shootout, you're talking about your season on the line. You're going to get a maximum effort, which you know could lead to injury. So, um, if there is a better oh, way, they should really, really explore that. I think it's a cap, um, I, we, think it's, I think it's a cap point system, and you have to look at you have to look at that option. I mean, if they do it in Texas, why can't we do it in Florida? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there you know, there there you go. Right now, I think I've asked you this. I don't know if I asked you this last week, but, you know, this is a fluid situation. It goes from week to week. Who's your number one team 
in Florida right now since St. Thomas has, has gone down? Oh man, my number one team right now. Oh man, you, 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 this this one's this this one's really, really, really tough for me mm-hmm. on this one because it's. It, I know you I mean, can handle it. That's why I threw it your way. I know. I know I can handle it. It's just a matter. <laughs> I mean, the process of elimination. You know. I mean, I don't want to. Well, I give mean, me, give me your final. You know what? I can, I could suspend your answer one more week if you can give me the finalist, like a, like the Miss Universe contest. Well, give me, well, the, give well, me your three there. Well, you know, I mean, I, I could, I could, I could throw, you know, could we throw Columbus into the in, into the mix? Very much likely so at this particular point. Yeah, I'm going and throw Columbus in that mix. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, I maybe maybe at this particular point, it may be Trinity Christian. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. who's going to stop them? I mean, that, right. that's a, that, that's that's the big thing, and you, you're trying to drown the process of elimination. You I mean. Mainland going down last week to St. Edward, Ohio. I mean, if that game had been a little bit closer, they'd probably still be number one in six A. But you, 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 it was lost sight at the end, and that that mm-hmm. hurt. But you know, that could could Mainland still could Mainland be that number one team come in the season? Oh, sure, that's a possibility. Could St. Thomas regain that position? Sure, they still got that plenty of time. You know, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean could could Dwyer be possibly in that seat? Hey, there's so many different possibilities right now. I don't think there's a clear-cut number one at this particular point. I know there's some people. I I know there's some people at the school that I coach at are wondering why you haven't mentioned the people over there in Plantation American American Heritage. Heritage. I think think it's just you know the question is is I think the thing is is that y'all are just going about your business and it's it's there's no surprise about it. Mm. And you know what? To be expected, I guess you know you're you're back to back. Right, and, and, and you're going about your business. You're doing. I mean, I mean, here's another thing. Could Allendale be possibly the number one team? We don't know. I mean, I mean, I mean good. We're going to find out here in in a couple yeah. of weeks, and there's no doubt about that. Looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this question: You put Columbus in this. Could you see Columbus beating Flanagan in a matchup? Let's say in a neutral yeah. site, since that's not how that's going to happen. But who would you take on a neutral site, Columbus and Flanagan? Man. Yeah, if I could pick both, I would. But I mean, I mean, considering this is supposed to be Flanagan's year to do this, you know, I mean, I would want to take Flanagan, but you know, I mean, the only thing, you know, you know, Columbus, you know, Columbus has relied more on our defense and offense, of course, last night. But yeah, they, they, they had an offensive explosion. Okay, so you know, maybe you're finally mm-hmm. you're, you're you're kind of saving the best for for later on. Which, if that's the case, mm-hmm. hey, good for you. You know, you got to. You kind of you kind of let the cat out of the bag now that you hey we, we can do some offense things here you know mm-hmm. things on the offense okay I really you know yeah I mean I, mean, I think Flanagan right now is kind of riding on I that think, too I mean the, all the noise yeah. for Flanagan's been the defense so you, the, these teams are almost mirrored each other in that aspect yeah I think I think I think the question comes down to where is the location of the neutral site is the neutral site Miami Dade County or in Broward County that's, that's the difference maker right there. That neutral site in Miami Dade, Columbus is winning, and if it's in Broward, dang, I could give it to Flanagan. Let me ask you this question, because I mean, you 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 may know this. Uh, let's say things go as planned with the districts, um, and 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 the first rounds. Columbus meets Flanagan. Where's that game? Last year it was at Flanagan. Where would it be this year if it worked out that way again? Columbus, Columbus would be the host of that game. So you're talking, you're talking possibly. 
you know, tropical where they usually, you know, they'll play their, their bigger games at. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going to host mm-hmm. it in their home state. They're not going to host it right there on campus like they've done for some of these some of these games. That, you know, you're not, you're not going to get a big fan turnout, you know. Mm-hmm. But for, for that game, you know, considering there's minimal more seating requirements required by the FHA for these kind of games, especially at the state semifinal mm-hmm. level, which that would be the case, you know, mm-hmm. they, they, you know that would be there, you know. And, 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 you know, and, and you look at all of this and you start to think, hey, here are some of these other teams that people are just not talking about just yet. And, you know, I want to give you a few. I think Deerfield Beach is one that, you know, especially after what they did, you know, you know, the, 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 I have a major disappointment with the the Associated Press high school football call in this state. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I, it's a major disappointment. They've not, this is twice now that they've done this to teams in this state. Mm-hmm. The voters just don't look at anything. I mean, I know I'm ripping them, but you know, it, it's a, it's a fair, it's a fair criticism at this particular point. Deerfield mm-hmm. beach, you're sitting here, you beat your beat the number one team in seven, a, and they, you still can't get ranked in the top 10 in eight, a that yeah, is to me, the really, it is very ridiculous. The same thing happened to Palm Bay heritage. Lost to lost to a to a very great Bulls team, you know who's now number two in the state. They've been number one for a few weeks in four A. Lost to that and lost to them when you know early in the season. A few couple weeks later, they go be the top five Osceola team and still can't get and they're still not ranked. And I'm like, mm. why? Because it's like yeah, that uh, is like interesting. I mean, their lone loss was to uh, Bulls. Am I am I am I not correct? And on so that? for Deerfield Beach, Deerfield Beach, their only loss is to Bulls, and that's the thing. And I just can't. I don't understand how this, these teams mm-hmm. are being overlooked. And 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 it's like it, and it, sometimes it tells me it's like they're looking at the record, and it's almost more like the, the rankings are more almost like oh, it's a weekly standing. And and in my mm-hmm. fairness, that's you know. Again, this explains why we do our own. I, I do I do rankings on our own for for the thing because I know that you know there's going to be some differences in you know way. When I saw that, I I I'm the bumping Lake Brantley out in eight A, who's number ten to put Deerfield Beach in, who had one loss. But you know the, the explanation is there. Look who Deerfield Beach just beat. They deserve it. Yeah, well, you know what? That keeps them motivated. So, um, you know, they, if there's a positive in this thing, that'll keep them wanting to go out and, de- and destroy and wreck opponents. So um, we could see that. We could see that going on. How about this? Um, you know, the majority of uh, – a big part of my audience is South Florida. But, you know, since you're a guy that covers the entire state, take take us north of Palm Beach and what do we need to know about north of Palm Beach right now? What do we need to be paying attention to? One, if you're in – okay, I'm, I'm going to start here. If you're in Class 5A, you watch out for North Marion. Don't even worry about Wakulla. I just don't see it right now. I mean, Wakulla's mm. bounced back, but North Marion, you know, pe- people people on that – people right up in my, my region, because I'm not very – you know, I'm, I'm only 30 minutes away from North Marion where they're at, and people are calling them Miami North. <laughs> it, it, it's the mm. way – what Stephen Field has done there, it's just it, – it's literally amazing, and – now, at this particular point, I actually give North Marion in a couple of weeks a chance to actually go into Hoover and actually beat Hoover at the Hoover match. Wow. They're, they're in Hoover. I mean, they, they are a team that, they, you know, they've got the talent. They've got the capabilities of making a run. So if you're, you're watching the 5A bracket, you want to watch North Marion. You want to see what they do. That's the team to really mm-hmm. watch. I mean, 6A, you've got to keep – Keep an eye on Mainland. Keep an eye on Armwood. You know, you're, you, these are usual suspects, but I would keep an eye in the 6A bracket. Keep an eye on the Panhandle teams, especially if the, the one. And the, who's one in particular? 
I keep an eye on Niceville, but that's not the only team I keep an eye on Niceville. Keep an eye on Pine Forest. Keep a keep an eye on keep an eye on Chalk to uh, which everybody calls Chalk in short term because it's easier. Uh-huh. I mean, those uh-huh. are teams to keep an eye on. I mean, those in, in just you know looking at it, keep an eye on Navarre. Navarre's a seven zero undefeated team. I keep an eye on them. I mean, districts one through three are the are the Panhandle districts in six A. And I'll tell you, Chad, this has probably been the best year for Panhandle football in a very, very long time. And even fans out there would tell you, yeah, it's this is we haven't seen it like this in ages. I mean, considering that you know Panhandle dominated the state in the 1980s, you know, and it hasn't been like that ever since. You know, where the Panhandle has you know shown some domination, and but you know they, I think the FHA kind of tipped the hand and favored them a little bit for the next couple of years, at least in 6A. You know, mm-hmm. just to give them some, to give them some chances. And, you know, in, in 7A, I, you know, the, the teams I'd really keep on, keep an eye on, keep keep an eye on, you know, teams like Oakley. So I would, here's one. I mean, I've got one in my own backyard, Gainesville Buhold. Keep an eye on them. I mean, they're they're they're, I mean, they're, they're only losses to Lake City Columbia, which is another team. I mean, he, there's there's a lot going on, and it's in like I we said, it's fluid. The situation is fluid. Oh, Especially no doubt. With these next, Who knows what kind of surprises yeah. we're going to get tonight. Oh, my goodness. And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen because, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, you know, there, there, and there's, there's there's a lot of clenching scenarios, especially in the lower classifications. I mean, at, I think every 3A district, there's a clenching scenario this week mm-hmm. in every yeah. district. You know, there, there's and, – and it's like – Yeah, like in, I said, there are going to be some tears flowing tonight. Uh, some teams are going to get oh, eliminated yeah. from, from this run thing, and the season's going to be essentially over for several teams as we're into week eight here. So – um, that, oh yeah, that, I mean, I that's mean, what's going to happen tonight. Yeah, and I mean, and I'll tell you, I mean, you you, you should look at the stack of papers I've got for each for each classification and breaking down the districts. But you know, it's in, like you said, those nine district games. I could care less now. It's what my focus is on those district games. Are you winning or losing those games? And yeah, there's right. going to be some tears falling. There's going to be some big tears falling tonight. And and, 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 it, and it's the same story every year. It happens. Life goes yeah, on. Yeah. You just got to you just got to bounce back for next. You just got to bounce back next. You, you know, if you if you get eliminated, you 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 get on the offseason and you work harder than ever than what you you know you did, and you get back out there on the field the next season and you go at it. And that's football. And that's football for you. And that's that's all of our time here. But as usual, man, uh, really appreciate you coming on and covering oh, yeah, the whole state for us and 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 giving us the real. So we're looking forward to. Hey, look, we know something crazy is going to happen tonight, and we oh, look yeah. forward to talking to you about it next week. That's for sure. Oh, oh yes, because hey, after, after week after week get week nine, you're going to go into week nine. There could mean a lot. There's going to be a lot more scenarios going to happen. You know, considering then once week ten gets here. Oh boy! Yeah, That's so the next the three the week. next three weeks are going to be crazy, man. So, Josh, as always, thanks for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Appreciate it, Chad. Appreciate it, Chad. Oh. All right, Joshua Wilson here from uh, FloridaHSFootball.com. Hey, look, you want to follow high school football in the state of Florida? That's where you want to go. FloridaHSFootball.com. You got the polls, you got the Pinkos report, and you got standings. You got it all right there. Go check them out. FloridaHSFootball.com. We thank Joshua Wilson for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, listen, I always love doing these football Friday shows. It sets us up for the weekend. And once again, we've done that. We talked high school football. We talked biggest college football matchups. We talked NFL football. Uh, We brought it all here to you today. And uh, you're pretty much set. 
you're pretty much set for this weekend of football. And uh, the only thing left to do now is go out and take in these games and, and totally enjoy it all. So it starts tonight with the high school football games, and it moves into Saturday with the big college football games that we've got coming up, and you round it all off with the NFL matchups that you've got. And we've uh, brought it all to you. I want to thank you all for listening to the show today. I want to thank my guest on the show today, Peter Ariz from canesinsight.com and Joshua Wilson from Florida HS Football. We appreciate you all listening. Appreciate you making this a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. If you love the Gridiron Studs show, we appreciate you telling a friend. The more the merrier. We're back on Monday to recap everything we just talked about here today. Until then, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Studs show. recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges, step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. we got college coaches visiting, we've got people visiting, we've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.